Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Petropolis, here with my brother, Jason. Yeah. Tim is still on his honeymoon, living life in Greece. Shout out to Tim. I know, right? But we're holding it down for him here. Love you, Tim. This episode brought to you by Red Cup News. Go to redcupnews.com for all things college sports. We are also their official fantasy football provider. So find our videos there. Check out our videos. And also Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy, folks. It's a DFS prop betting site. If you deposit $10 and use code BROTO, B-R-O-T-O, the name you all know and love, you get $10 for free in your account. So deposit 10 or more dollars, get $10 for free. We're going to be doing, uh, we're going to be using their site during the season to try to help you guys win some quiche. So should be fun. Today's episode though, preseason time. How do you feel about the preseason, Jay? I think that the preseason is just a sad little tease for the regular season and that I don't really, you know, it, it's a little useful, but come on, I'm ready for football. You know, I feel the same way, but there are a lot of of factors that come into preseason football. We are going to go through the teams and the biggest storyline, in our opinion, for those teams. You ready to start? Of course. When am I not? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. All right, so preseason. Jay, why don't you tell these guys about the heat wave first? The heat wave? What's that? It's only the best thing to happen since sliced bread. Ooh. Um, it's the, We are covering every single team every single day of August. We also did it on July 31st because, uh, you know, we cheated a little bit, but what can you do? We are already through the NFC. We are into, I'm sorry, we're already through the AFC. We're into the NFC. We're already through the NFC East. Listen, the best part about the heat wave is that it's every single team. So even if you're just figuring out about this now, hello, first-time listeners, you can go back and listen to a short preview, 10 to 20 minutes, of every single team and be ready for your fantasy drafts. And then, of course, you can listen to this and our other Wednesday night podcasts. You could also watch it on YouTube, Broto Fantasy on YouTube. That is our account. Check out our new studio, baby. So... Also, though, one caveat with the heat waves. You bring it up in the heat waves. Some of them are a little bit, uh, they're previously recorded. So some things might be a little outdated. We are going to cover those things, which is why it's important to listen to the Wednesday podcast as well. Today we are going to discuss every team and the, uh, the, main, the main thing going on with them in this preseason. And some of that isn't covered in the heat waves. So you ready yeah. to do this? To reiterate what you were saying, um, Tim's on his honeymoon right now, so we have to do a little bit of pre-recording. A lot of stuff stayed the same, so there's a lot of useful information in there. Some stuff, um, some things change. So, like, now it's very obvious um, that Duke Johnson is no longer on the Browns. We didn't really spend a lot of time talking about him anyway, but stuff of that sort. um, That's why you want to listen to our Wednesday podcast, because they're a little bit more updated. Although the info is always good. True that. And also, silly me, Jason, silly me. Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. If you want to support the show, we appreciate all our Patreons very mu- patrons very much. And if you want to become a patron, that would mean the world to us. Also, you could get in a league with us or with Broto community members. We have some great people in the Broto community. So come on in there. Yeah, the Discord's a lot of fun. 
It is. Get some nice uh, good morning texts every day. It's good stuff. Yeah, shout out Big Will. <laughs> Here we go. The heat wave. I'm going to go because just heat wave style in the order of our heat wave. So I'm starting uh, in the AFC West. The Chargers. The number one storyline with the Chargers. The only real storyline I say with the Chargers. Melgo, Eckler, and Justin Jackson. Yep. Melgo, there was a report today saying that he's supposed to that the holdout is looking like it's going to go into the season. How are you feeling about Melgo? Where I tweeted when does when's the first time Austin Eckler goes ahead of Melgo in a draft? Do you see that ever happening? Honestly, it might very soon, man. At this point, with all the reports talking about how Melgo is probably not gonna start the season. Uh, that him and the Chargers are pretty far off on their request. Even though the Chargers are offering a decent amount of money, around $10 million. At this point, I think Melgo's creeping into can't draft until like the sixth round territory. And then eventually Austin Eckler is going to creep in ahead of him. I, I think that's true. Especially if it gets to like the people who Labor Day weekend is kind of draft weekend for most folks their home leagues and things of that sort if it gets to that time and melgo's not back i don't see how you take melgo in front of eckler honestly but how do you feel I, oh yeah 100 percent. i mean you want the i mentioned it a lot one of the unsung things about the chargers offense is that their running backs are amazing pass catchers they put up wide receiver two numbers last year over a thousand yards seven touchdowns and eckler's that main guy especially if melgo's gone he's going to get even more passing work so that's someone you want on your team. True. And we were a little upset about this because we are already high on Eckler. So now this is just going to keep his stock going higher and higher. Where's the highest you're willing to go on Eckler? Say it's Labor Day. Melgo's not back. Are you willing to reach the fourth, fifth round? Fifth round, I'd go. Yeah. What about Justin Jackson? Um, just because I know that Justin Jackson's going to get groundwork. So I don't think either player is going to be Melgo. Right? You're not drafting them to be Melgo, the workhorse. You're drafting them to be in their roles. Right. And I think that Eckler's in the better role, the pass-catching role. And once he gets a little bit of work on the ground as well, he's going to be a valuable RB2, high-end RB2. I think Justin Jackson's going to be more of a touchdown-dependent RB2. I agree. Flex play. Where are you taking Justin Jackson? I, I think it's okay. I feel like people are gonna. some people are going to reach in the 7th, 8th. I like him more in the ninth, 10th round. I'm okay with Jackson in the ninth and 10th rounds, actually, because I think he can be a decent RB2. And when you're looking that late, you're really just looking at handcuffs or you're taking a shot on Rojo or Peyton Barber. So why not consider taking Justin Jackson, who should be getting some early down work? He's in a very good offense, and then hopefully there's no injury. But Austin Eckler can be a little injury prone, at least last year he was. So if Justin Jackson were to be the workhorse, that's someone you want on your team. So I'm I'm probably going to – I could take him in the eighth round as well. I think that's okay. Maybe even seven. Interesting. Next up, the Kansas City Chiefs. First, I have two storylines here. First, Damian Williams. Because we saw the rise and fall and rise of Damian Williams over the course of like two weeks. It was Damian Williams City up in here. And then Andy Reid said they were going to do a running back by committee. We stood stood strong by Damian Williams, but the rest of the fantasy land was like OMG – Damon Williams in a running back committee, and then the running and then the offensive coordinator said, No, we have a committee of running backs, but it's Damian Williams' job. And then Damian Williams started to rise back up again. What do you take from all of this Damian Williams hoopla? Yeah, 
really the only storyline right now about um, the Chiefs. So we can obviously focus on that. I was tweeting it a lot if you follow us on Twitter. Andy Reid has not run a running back by committee offense in the last 15 years. The one time he did it in 2009, that was because he was transitioning from Brian Westbrook to rookie year LaShawn McCoy. And so that wasn't necessarily even a committee. He was transitioning to get Westbrook to be, I mean, McCoy to become his next workhorse. So when Andy Reid says he's going to run a running back by committee, I think he's talking about the sprinkles that we've seen Char Kendrick West do or that Spencer Ware has done in the past when a starting running back was in. So sure, they might sprinkle in Darwin Thompson. Maybe Carlos Hyde will get a run every now and again if he's not cut. But Damian Williams is the guy, and I'm not backing down, and I'm going to take him. Miko Hardman has been causing some ruckus with some big plays, showing off his speed ability. How do you feel about Miko Hardman late in the draft? Look, he'll have some fun plays this season, but to draft him, no way. Yeah, I don't see how you could possibly get any week-to-week consistency with Miko Hardman. So As long as Hill's on the field, the answer's no. In best ball, maybe the late teens might not take the shot. <clears throat> to Oakland, the Raiders. The Raiders. Basically, Antonio Brown. That's the story. His feet, his helmet. I'm I'm completely fading Antonio Dude, Brown at this point. Apparently, he thought like some people were plotting against him because his chef was plotting against him because he left a fish head in the freezer or something. Yo, I honestly that sounds made up, but it's so Antonio Brown that I'm I kind of believe that that happened. He's going a little crazy, man. It's like it at least, which is sad. And look, we were already low on Antonio Brown compared to consensus uh, on Fantasy Pros. We both have him ranked lower than the expert consensus rankings, the average. But now it's like all this with the feet, the ranking, uh, the rankings, <laughs> the helmet is just I don't want to take Antonio. I don't want to deal with that on my fantasy team, especially when you see that wide receivers going to a new team usually do not fare as well as they did in the past. He has a downgraded quarterback. I'm basically completely fading ab are you is there a chance you take ab um listen unless his adp drops no because there's no way i'm taking him as current adp i've been low on him since the beginning of the offseason i had some people tweet at us like why is ab so low it's like because he's on the raiders now and Derek Carr's throwing from the ball and i'm a i'm the creator of true throw value so i really believe in that stat yeah. and Derek Carr does not have a valuable throw so I'm, I'm not going to have Antonio Brown on any of my teams. True throw value, brotofantasy.com. To the Broncos, the number one really... Sto- well, first off, I just want to say Emmanuel Sanders is a freak of nature, and it looks like he's going to be super healthy, so he should be skyrocketing in updrafts. I have him as my 30-something, 38th wide receiver right now, and he's going to go even higher if he continues to look this good. It's ridiculous what's going on with Emmanuel Sanders right now, eight months after tearing his Achilles. So keep an eye on him. He's shot way up my draft board. So he's definitely someone to target late in drafts. But Lindsey Freeman is the main one. Lindsey has been getting more of the carries with the ones in the preseason. But Freeman is mixing in almost as much. It's uh, it's like a 1A, 1B. 1B, 1BB. Like it's that close. How are you tackling these two based on what we've seen in the preseason? Do you know Theo Riddick is there now? I think Devontae Booker got a little burn in the preseason. This is a tough, tough backfield to put a finger on. And I'm a big believer in coaches' guys, right? I talk about that a lot with Philip Lindsay. 
Because his guy is gone. They brought in Vic Fangio now, a completely different person. This person didn't draft Lindsey. This person didn't choose Lindsey to be a starter. And this person came in and acquired another running back, albeit a pass-catching running back, with Lindsey on the team. Um, so I think that I was a little weary of Lindsey. I started to come around on him again, and now I'm weary on him again. And I don't think I'm going to have Philip Lindsay on any of my teams. He's a decent value right now. But there's they're going to spread the ball around, I feel like, in that backfield. So unless he's finding the end zone on a certain day, he's probably going to have some down games. The disrespect is real, Philip Lindsay, man, after what he did as an undrafted rookie last season. In Denver, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the fourth round is a little bit much. The fifth round. I feel like if I can get him late fifth, early sixth, I'll still do it. Maybe I mean, that's not a decent spot to get full him. PPR, but half PPR standard. I like him there. What about Royce Freeman, who's going in like the seventh, eighth, ninth round at this point? I like Freeman as a um, handcuff option or even like a standalone value type guy until he started creeping up boards. Um, it's, he's just going a little bit too high now. I'm not going to take Royce Freeman in the seventh round. Yeah, me neither. I don't think he's going to run away with that <clears throat> job, and that's the only way he has any value. In the seventh round, if he runs away with the job. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I'll maybe I'll grab him in the ninth if I go zero RB, maybe late eighth, but that's the highest I'd consider going for Royce Freeman. To the AFC East, the New York Jets. The storyline here, I got two for you. One, Sam Darnold has been an absolute beast, so his weapons have been shooting up their ADP a little bit. Crowder and Crowder, man. We've been talking about Crowder for like three months now when he was a 16th round pick. Yeah. And now he's like a 10th, 11th round pick, and it sucks because I still want to draft him there, but it sucks that I can't get him like three rounds later. Yeah. Sam Darnold, two QB leagues. He's looking like a stud, even one QB leagues maybe. But I want to talk to you about Le'Veon Bell, who's not participating in the preseason at all. How do you feel about this? I'm okay with it. I mean... Do we need to see what Le'Veon Bell does? Sure, it'd be nice to see him in the Adam Gase offense, but we're seeing Ty Montgomery have a nice role and play well in the preseason right now, and I think that's because Gase views Montgomery as Le'Veon Bell light, which makes sense because Le'Veon Bell is such a good pass catcher, so they're probably going to be using the same type of way. Um, sure, Adam Gase has never been the best um, workhorse running back type of guy, but we've seen spurts where people have excelled under Adam Gase, and I think there's going to be a very good offense. So I don't think we should shy away from Bell just because he's not going to play in fake games. You know, Ty Montgomery is someone who's shot up my rankings as well. Not, he's looking like a great handcuff. Yeah, he's looking like he might now be one of the best handcuffs in the game, and I feel like Gase is going to move him around too, play him in running back, give him some uh, jet sweeps out of the slot, maybe put him in the slot now and then. He's looking like he could be one of the best handcuffs in the game now. He's uh, looking mighty fine as a Jet. 100%. The Patriots. This is an easy one. Mr. Josh Gordon himself. He's reinstated, folks. Josh Gordon. Unbelievable. He's reinstated. Is there an explanation for why? I don't, I don't mean unbelievable in a bad way. Just like, what did he do? I think they're saying the NFL is going to start going lighter on weed, marijuana laws or something. I honestly am not sure. But he's back. I don't know if he's going to get any type of suspension. I don't know if he's going to be playing week one. But he's already going in the sixth, seventh round. I'm not touching him as of now. Maybe if he 
is playing once once we get to Labor Day. Maybe he's ready to go week one. There's no uh, suspension coming or anything of that sort. But as of now, I don't know how you take Josh Gordon in the sixth, seventh round. How do you? Are, would you take the chance on him there? I mean, the talent's obviously there, right? Like last season in the games where he played more than half the snaps, he was on pace for over twelve hundred yards, I think. So, of course, there's upside, but then there's so much risk, and. I feel like you're saying sixth, seventh round, but I think people are just, he's just going to keep going higher and higher um, once people just feel more comfortable drafting him. And I think it's going to be a little bit high for my taste. I've, Josh Gordon is someone I, uh, you're going to have to see how the board plays out um, to see if there's value there because it's a risk that you're going to have to be willing to take. Who would you take before him? Would you take who you planning to take after him. It's things like that with Josh Gordon, I think. It's not just, I'm going to take this guy in the sixth round. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's It has to be based on what your team is looking like, too. I got him in the 15th round in the Raz Bowl. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's awesome. Pairing him with, like, Robert Woods is good because you know you're going to have Woods day in, day out every week. True. That's a that's a good match. The Bills. For me, the Bills, they haven't really done much. Nothing super notable. But Cole Beasley is looking like he might end up being Josh Allen's favorite target. He's getting a bunch of work out of the slot. He's moved up my rankings as well. He's a, I like him as like a late round pick in PPR leagues, even half PPR as a bye week fill-in. Or maybe he does end up becoming the favorite guy for uh, Josh Allen. How are you feeling about Cole Beasley? Warming up to him at all, or you're still just not touching any Bills receivers? My feeling is, I guess. I mean, Fair you enough. know I hate Josh Allen. And the whole Bills offense, I don't really want to be a part of. So I think that Cole Beasley might have some Willie Sneed PPR appeal to him. But besides that, I don't think you should be using a pick on him. I agree. To the Dolphins, obviously here. Because uh, Cole Beasley is one of those guys where he's going to have the numbers at the end of the year, potentially, where he's going to end like wide receiver 38. Yeah. But then you're just going to see it's because he scored like six or seven points a week with a couple touchdowns sprinkled in, and it's like, well, would you ever actually start this person? And the answer is no. I feel like there's like a like like an 89% chance of that happening. Yeah. So to the Dolphins, obviously, first off, Preston Williams, the undrafted rookie who's turning heads, don't draft him. I mean, yes, it's a fun story, and yes, he's playing well, but he's not going to become fantasy relevant this season. But Balazs and Drake, obviously, that's what's going on here. It looks like it's just going to be like a complete split. I don't know how to handle this backfield. I still like Drake. Now that his ADP has fallen to like the late sixth, early seventh, I still like taking the risk there. As long as he's the pass catching back, which he's still going to be. I still, I like Kalen Balaj also as like a 10th round pick. I don't really want to go higher than that. So I'm okay with both of their ADPs really, despite the fact that it's so confusing as to what's going to happen with them. But it's also, there's just, I don't see a, a huge ceiling for either of them because they're just going to eat off each other. I agree, because let's also not forget that this is a Patriots offense. You'd have to assume that Brian Flores is trying to bring over to the Dolphins. And they have Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen behind the, um, behind the playing quarterback. And these aren't two quarterbacks who are going to instill much fear into the other team's hearts. Fitzpatrick is probably the better option because he's going to open, extend the field a little bit, throwing it down the field a little bit more than Rosen would. 
And I just don't think Balazs is that good. If I'm being honest, so I'd rather try to grab Drake late as his ADP is falling and hope that talent wins out because I don't know what's going on with Drake where no coach ever wants to play him. Maybe there's something going on there, something we don't know about. But what I do know is that when Drake is on the field, he kills it. So you can take your Balazs late. You can think that Balazs is going to win you a championship. I don't see how he's going to hold off Kenyon Drake all year. So I'd rather take Drake. I don't believe in Balazs. I'm with you, man. It's Balazs. I just don't understand what's going on with the, the Dolphins, man. Just give the damn ball to Kenyon Drake for crying out loud. That's the AFC East <clears throat> to the Browns. You're going to have fun with this one. Antonio Callaway suspended. Here. Hollywood Higgins, who you've been touting for months, is flying up draft boards. Here. And I mean flying. People love for Shard Higgins now. You got me onto the Rashard Higgins bandwagon. Hopefully you got Brodo listeners onto the Rashard Higgins bandwagon back since last season and this whole offseason. How early is too early for Rashard Higgins for you? Because he is still a third option, third receiver. They still got David Njoku. But, I mean, if there's an injury or something, or even he might even have some flex play weeks now and then mixed in with all the healthy receivers. How do you attacking uh, Hollywood Rashard Higgins? Believe it or not, I'm cool with Rashard Higgins as my fourth wide receiver. Wowzers. Yeah, I think that he's going to be consistent enough to be on the wide receiver three um, spectrum every week. This is a guy who's going to get around six or seven targets, presumably, maybe a little less, a week from Mayfield, who was 12th in true throw value last season in his rookie season without OBJ. So you really need to expect that to go up. I mean, Higgins was a great wide receiver in college. He's improved in every aspect of his game every single year. He's just a very good wide receiver, and I want a wide receiver three on that team. Yeah, uh, I agree with you there. Rashard Higgins is definitely a good target late, and you've been on him forever. Duke Johnson's gone, Jay. He's outski. He's headed to Houston. There, It's literally Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb in that backfield. How high is too high for Nick Chubb? You know what? Where do you, I know you have him higher than me. Maybe you should take care of this one. I mean, I just feel like by the time Kareem Hunt comes back week 10, he needs to get into game shape. He needs to get acclimated into the offense. I'm not worried about that. Even if he, even if Chubb, instead of seeing 75 80%, if he starts seeing 65 70% of the work, I'm still okay with that. But it's his whole... He's going to be the entire running game on a, a tremendous what's supposed to be a tremendous offense. He was one of the best running backs in the league as a rookie last season. I, I just don't see why... I, I don't see how Nick Chubb disappoints. Especially by the fact that once Kareem Hunt does come back, it's almost play, playoff time. Like, you've already made trades. You've already done went through the waiver wire. Your team is looking different. Like, you'll be able to make up for things like that. So, I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm, I'd be super happy with Chubb if I went, like, uh, Devontae Adams at 7 and then Chubb falls back to me in round 2 and I'm looking for a running back. Absolutely. Sign me up. Yeah, it would be a very good combo. I like Chubb there as well. All right, so that's Cream the— Cream Hunt's not going to be back to week 10. People aren't realizing that. Please yeah. don't draft Cream Hunt. It's a waste of a pick, and it's a waste of a bench spot for 10 weeks. You're just handicapping yourself for no reason. Yep.
to the Steelers. James Conner played 14 of 14 first-team preseason snaps in week two. Go get James Conner, folks. And then we got James Washington and Dante Moncrief. Dante Moncrief has run with the ones. Has They've said he's going to be the starting receiver, but James Washington is making some plays. James Washington, James Washington is a second-round pick from last season. So how do you how do you feel about these two, Washington and Moncrief? I'm not a Washington believer. They brought in Moncrief. They drafted Johnson. I've also heard good things about Johnson. I've preferred Moncrief to Johnson uh, to Washington all off season. I think that Moncrief's going to get the first go at it, and he should be drafted pretty decently high. I think he could be drafted as a wide receiver four because the second wide receiver option in Pittsburgh is someone you want. And then I think you could take a chance on Deontay Johnson later on and sure Washington if you want but I don't see a scenario where Washington becomes a number two and his ADP is creeping up a little bit too because like the big catch that he had in one of the preseason games so I'm with you I'm more of a Moncrief guy I've been Moncrief similarly to Rashard Higgins is someone I was saying to go get early in the offseason he was like a 15th round pick now he's up to like the 10th round which sucks the Ravens the only the only storyline here really Besides the fact that Justice Hill is looking mighty fine, and I love me some Justice Hill, is Lamar Jackson. What are you doing with Lamar Jackson, man? He has been running up a storm, making passes. I already moved him up like two or three spots in my fantasy rankings just because it's like, look, if he's running like this, he's just going to get the points even though I don't trust him as a week-out quarterback one option. But his floor is probably so high. How are you feeling about Lamar Jackson? Yo. You know I like Lamar Jackson. I've liked him a little bit more than you the entire offseason. And, yeah, he doesn't have the best arm on earth. But when you are going to be running around 20 times a game, RB1s don't even see that many touches sometimes. Word. And then the passes he's throwing are just brownie points. Like, there's no way he's going to end with less than 15 points (laughs) if the Ravens run a game where... They do what they want to do in a Greg Roman offense in which he had Kaepernick and Tyrod Taylor in the past. Yeah, he... I think Lamar Jackson's one of the safest guys. And then when you have such a safe floor, the ceiling's there when you run in a few touchdowns. Yeah, I'm with you there. The Bengals. Joe Mixon, he was a early first round pick, uh, late first round pick, early second. Since the A.J. Green injury happened, since the offensive line injuries happened, he's fallen closer to the middle of the second round. He should have been there since the beginning. We've been telling you that. I like him more as a back-end second-round pick. What about How do you feel about Joe Mixon? Would you say you went nuke at 5 or 6 and he fell to you there? Would you consider him if you wanted to go running back? Um, it depends on who's there. I would not take him over Chubb. If Chubb is gone and the rest of the running backs I like over Chubb are gone, if you look at our rankings like James Conner, for example. What about Dalvin Bell, Cook? Those guys. What? Dalvin Cook? Um, I take Mixon over Cook at the moment. Interesting. What just because of health-wise. You know what? I don't know. How to talk. No, no. I'm taking Dalvin Cook over him. I think that if you look at what Cook, if Cook stays healthy, he's going to have a much better season than Mixon. I think Mixon's just inefficient. And the Bengals' offensive line isn't that good. So he's going to get volume, and he can be a good RB2. High-end RB2, because of the volume, I don't see the high-end one RB1 upside. So 
He's a back and second round pick in my book. Not much more. Same. AJ Green. I'm I'm just not drafting AJ Green. It's been too long with the injuries and just I don't want to have to deal with that. I don't want to stash him on the bench. He's absolutely amazing when he plays. I just I don't want to have to deal with that. I think that's reasonable. Are you drafting him? It's definitely understandable. Um, it, it, you're, you're sure you can take him, and if you get him in the fifth round and he comes back and he's a beast, it's going to be a very good pick. But he's been hurt a lot. He couldn't even get through the preseason. We don't know that he's going to be the same player when he gets back. We'd love to think he's going to be. But we saw Des Bryant fall off a cliff real quick. At this point, it's probably safe to not draft A.J. Green. Unless you really believe in him and you want to take a shot and he falls really late in your drafts. Mid-fifth, go get Tyler Boyd, man. Go get Tyler Boyd. To the Texans. Not much to say about the Texans except their addition to the running back game, Duke Johnson. Look, they traded a third-round pick for Duke Johnson. That's not nothing for a running back, especially for a running back. So I feel like they're going to try to get him involved. Kiki QT also got hurt. He's going to miss the first few games of the season, I believe. I, I think Duke Johnson steals the third down work basically right away from Lamar Miller and maybe starts coming out of the slot a little bit, gets a lot of pass catches out of the back. I know the Texans don't pass to the running back, but they haven't had a pass catching running back since Bill O'Brien took over. I think Duke Johnson right away has a role. I don't know if it's going to be a great role. I don't know how effective he's going to be in the role. But Duke Johnson's a solid running back, man. How do you feel about Duke Johnson? I know you're not super high on Duke Johnson going to the Texans. Yeah, I mean, you could take him. You could take a shot there. Um, I think it does hurt Kiki QT a little bit because QT was basically an extension of the run game. And now QT can't stay healthy. He's someone I really liked going into the season. But now there's just a lot of reasons for him to be moving down draft boards. I'd still like to take the chance on him. But I'm not going to be drafting him where I would have liked to. And then if you look at Duke Johnson, he could be useful out of the backfield, but Watson doesn't really throw to running backs. You don't Watson's going to run a little bit. Watson is known for holding the ball too long, creating sacks. Also, just a bad offensive line brings sacks. You don't think a screen game or a short passing game to Duke Johnson helps open it up a little bit for him, or just an outlet when the rush does come fast? Sure, but is, D- is Watson going to throw that outlet, or is he going to hold on to the ball? Yeah, that's true. Or throw it downfield to Will Fuller or Nuke. I mean, I I think it's okay to take a shot on him in like the 10th round, though. Or is that too early? 10th round, you? really. I'd go a little later. We'll see. I do want to see how it, the next couple preseason games go as well for Duke Johnson. The Colts, man. Andrew Luck. What is going on with Andrew Luck, dude? Now, he might not even be ready for week one. He hasn't practiced. He hasn't played. This leg injury, this mysterious leg injury that no one knows about, like no one knows what the exact injury is, this is bananas. I don't understand what's happening. And now I'm worried because I was not worried at all in the beginning. Now I'm pretty worried. I want to see. Everyone's always, everyone's like, oh, Jacoby Brissett's one of the best backups in the game. I don't know when this happened where everyone decided Jacoby Brissett is worth. I'm sorry. I need to hop in because people are like, get Brissett in Dynasty Leagues. He's going to be. Picked up by a team next year, blah blah blah. Yeah. What has Jacoby Brissett ever done? I don't. Yeah, I don't understand what he's ever done to be labeled the best backup and a possible starter in the future. I mean, he was average when he played. He was kind of like a worse version of Teddy Bridgewater, where he just made short passes and ran the ball a little bit. So I that T. Y. Hilton scares me a little bit. I moved him below Keenan Allen. I moved him below Brandon Cooks, I believe. I mean, excuse me, Robert Woods. 
how 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 are these guys affecting you? I'm not drafting Luck because I don't draft QBs, so I'm just gonna avoid him. But how what how do you feel about like Ty Hilton and the pass catching weapons? That's the thing. I thought I wasn't gonna draft Andrew Luck at his ADP regardless, just because I don't take quarterbacks really, and I don't think any listener should either. And right now, I think Ty Hilton has to slide down the boards a little bit. I'd definitely take Woods over him. Probably take Diggs over him. Right now, I'm deciding between. I'd have to decide between Hilton, Thielen, Edelman, that group over there when I'm doing drafts, if I really want to take the shot on Hilton. The Jaguars. Again, pretty low profile right now. But DJ Chark turning heads, the huge, fast receiver drafted last season. He said he was just, he could not figure out the playbook last season. Everything was too fast for him. And now he's finally up to speed with everything. And the coaches say it's showing. I like DJ Chark as like a last couple round dart throw, especially in best ball. How are you feeling about DJ Chark? Look, I'm not going to yell at you if you decide to take a chance on Chark um, with one of your last picks, right? He was a second round pick last year. They obviously like him. And if he's, if he like, I mean, it takes courage to say I just didn't understand the playbook last year. And people who try to learn from their mistakes and try to improve are people that you want on your team. But the Jaguars are a run-first offense. Nick Foles isn't that good. Sorry, people who love Nick Foles. So if you want to take him, sure, but I don't see anything much happening from the Jaguars' offense yeah. through the air this year. Chris Conley is also looking like he's going to be a big part of that offense, which is interesting because he's one of those crazy high spark athletes who just haven't panned out, which is strange that he wasn't able to pan out with the Chiefs who make the best of those speedy receivers. But we'll see how he works out with Nick Foles. To the Titans. The Titans, again, not much going on besides the fact that me and you believe Ryan Tannehill should be the starting quarterback there. I'm holding true to that. But Derrick Henry dealt with an injury, a calf injury for a little bit. He's back at practice. He's looking like he's going to be ready for the season. Does that calf injury change your perspective on Henry at all? Absolutely not. Yeah, so the Titans... I don't think there's much to note out of Titans camp except that Marcus Mariota is still bad. The Giants. Daniel Jones. On to the NFC. On to the NFC. The Giants fans out there are loving Daniel Jones now because he is slinging it, man. Yes, he he lost a couple fumbles in the second preseason game, but he is slinging it. He's making good throws. He's looking good. Living up to the bill so far in preseason. If he has another big preseason weeks three and four, what are the chances he overtakes Eli Manning within the first three weeks? Dude, you guys were laughing at me a few weeks ago on a Wednesday pod when I told you I have Daniel Jones ranked higher than Derek Carr. <laughs> yeah, come on. That's hilarious. They're both really late. Obviously, you changed that, Jones by the way. Over, he uses his legs more than Carr. Please tell me you changed that. Please tell me you changed that. Please tell me you changed that. No, I have Jones at 26, Carr at 27. You're mad funny. I know you don't like Derek Carr, but that's hilarious. I, I believe that Daniel Jones, if he starts... Early in the season, will end higher than Derek Carr. To the Eagles. The Eagles, again, uh, Zach Ertz, they said that his targets are going to go down, obviously. I think people fading Zach Ertz this hard just doesn't make any sense to me. I still like Zach Ertz. He's going in, like, the early third round. I'm absolutely okay taking him there. Djax is the one making big waves, though. They said that every practice, every game, it seems like Deshaun Jackson makes at least one big play. We've seen the effect that he has on quarterbacks. How do, you, how, how do you feel about Carson Wentz, Djax? How do you feel about just that offense? Miles Sanders as well. There's a bunch going on in Eagles camp. 
Miles Sanders running with the ones in the second preseason game, looking great. I mean, it's just a lot has changed for the Eagles. So I'm for Carson Wentz, I still like we both have Carson Wentz ranked pretty high as long as he's healthy. Could be a top five QB. Djax, Boomer Bust, wide receiver three. Miles Sanders, though, I want to ask you about because he's going in like the his his ADP is going up. He's going in like a sixth, seventh round now. He was going in the eighth, ninth prior. How do you feel about Miles Sanders and where are you taking him? I'm going to let other people draft him. Um, and I know sometimes you just need to concede defeat on things or just concede that you could be wrong, but that you just don't want to take that risk. And I don't think it's a winning move to take Miles Sanders in the sixth round. And I know I could be wrong. He could be very good, and he could end up becoming the workhorse. But the Eagles haven't used the workhorse in a very long time. They brought in Jordan Howard. They still have Adams, Smallwood. So when we're talking about Miles Sanders, people are just trying to assume he's going to be the workhorse back. People are going to assume he's going to jump Jordan Howard. These are a lot of assumptions where people are assuming that Eagles are going to use more running backs. I think that you need to be cautious drafting him, and I don't think I'm going to take him at where he's going. I got to tell you, I am off the Jordan Howard bandwagon, though. I liked him earlier, but now that Miles Sanders is already getting first-team reps in the preseason and camp, I just I don't really see the upside in drafting Jordan Howard. So I'm changing my tune a little bit there. Miles Sanders, like you said, I don't know. I feel like in the seventh round, maybe you take a chance on him. If you go zero RB, maybe you take the chance because if he pans out, your team could be bananas. But you're right. It's it's tough. The Redskins. Darius Geis still hasn't been cleared to practice, and Terry McLaurin has been turning heads. Any of those guys interest you? I've been uh, anti-Geis drafter and anti-Redskins receiver drafter basically all offseason. I think you have been too. Anything changes? I mean, McLaurin was in college with Deshaun, uh, what's his name, Dwayne Haskins. And, you know, sometimes people like their people. And you can't really discount the connection that they have there. So, you never know. I'm not drafting McLaurin. I'll keep an eye out on it. I'm not drafting Geis. I'll keep an eye out on him. But what has he ever done, just besides getting injured? And I don't mean this in a bad way, just fantasy-wise. What are you going to do with Geis? It's true. So, I'm just staying away from the Redskins in general. The Cowboys. Zeke. Where are you taking Zeke if you're drafting today? I still believe he's going to be coming back. I do. I don't know if I could let him slip past four. Hot damn. You wouldn't take a chance on Nuke at four? I would pro- Honestly, I think the next guy up would be Connor. Interesting. I'm a big James Connor guy. Very interesting. At the moment. Um, maybe DJ. I think Zeke would have to be taken between four and eight. Very interesting. And what if he's not there by Labor Day? Then I will change my tune. Tony Pollard has set himself apart from the rest of the pack. He's looking like he's he could be very dangerous if Zeke is down. Say it's Labor Day, Zeke's still not there, Tony Pollard's a starter. How early is too early for Tony Pollard? I feel like people are going to start taking him maybe late second, early third. Not going to lie. That's definitely not too early if Zeke isn't on the team. Hmm. I'm cool with that. 
But I think drafting Tony Pollard and thinking he's going to do something if slash when Zeke comes back, now that's a mistake. Yeah, yeah I, I see, see a, a bunch, bunch of people on Twitter saying Daniel Pollard is going to be a big role even if Zeke... Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, even if Zeke does come back, and I just... Come on, it's Zeke. That's just blasphemy. Like, that's just malpractice. No, he's not. Yeah, he's just going to... They're going to run Zeke into the ground like they always do, and then Tony Pollard could be just, just next man up. Not to mention names, but there's one analyst in air quotes who just splits out blasphemy and he said that uh, Tony Pollard's uh, floor this season is Terry Cohen last year and I wanted to uh, I, I I just wanted to like That's very punch dumb. a wall Terry Cohen was an RB1 and people are listening to this was an RB1 in PPR last season that's, that's oh and man. that's his floor with Zeke back by that's the bad. way yeah that's terrible Jeez Louise. On to the Bears. This is the age of Allen Robinson for some people. He's a huge target for a lot of people as a bounce-back candidate. Me and you are big-time no-A-Rob advocates. Mitch Trubisky is going through time. All the reports out of camp are that Mitch Trubisky is not taking a step up, and all his accuracy woes are still just as bad as they were last year. How does this make you feel about Trubisky and his weapons I mean we know what Trubisky is but I do think that it's his second year in an Aggie offense and I do think that he's that his running game is underrated so I still think he's a decent back in QB1 option and I still think that his wide receivers aren't the best options I'm not a big Allen Robinson guy you and Tim are higher on Anthony Miller than I am. Because Miller's going in the 10th, 11th round, and he has big-time TD potential after last season, and he could just take a bigger step up receiving yards. Honestly, well. I like Trubisky as a quarterback because of his legs, and I like Trey Burton. I think Trey Burton's not getting a lot of love, but he was decent last year. And in the last eight games, he only scored one touchdown, and I think that's unrealistic. He scored six in the first eight, or five. Yeah. The Vikings. Not Dalvin Cook, not Alexander Madison. Mike Boone. He was a star last preseason. Mike Boone has been killing it this preseason. What? I mean, if he keeps running like an absolute beast, is there any chance the Vikings actually give him a shot or maybe even give him split second team work with Alexander Madison? Do you see Mike Boone being worth anything at all? But Because this dude is legit. Killing it. Only if Dalvin Cook were to go out down. I mean, Madison's a rookie, right? What has he done to earn the job behind Cook? Yeah, besides being a third-round draft pick. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Madison is, of course, the f- the um, the um preferred handcuff at the moment. But if Cook were to go down, I wouldn't be surprised if Boone had some fantasy value this year. Yeah, he's interesting because he's also a big-time special teams guy. So let's see if they want to – because a lot of teams – don't want to take guys off special teams when they're their best special teams players. Like Brandon Bolden. Remember Brandon Bolden for the Patriots? He was a special teams all-star. He probably still is a special teams all-star every season. And then randomly gets some rushes in the backfield. The Packers. Jake Kumaro. Big, tall receiver. Getting some love out of Aaron Rodgers and company. I'm just... At this point, I've basically backed away from all secondary options outside of Devontae Adams. If one of them pans out, so be it. I'm okay with someone else having him just because I don't think it's going to be 
consistent output either. How are you feeling about Allison, MVS, now that Kumaro is getting love? St. Brown isn't getting much love. How do you feel about these receivers? Preview to the Packers. Um, what's it called? Heat wave. What if the answer is none? True what that. if it's not MVS? What if it's not Allison? That's True what that. I said, and I'm standing by that. The upside is there, sure. But when was the last time Rodgers consistently threw to a slot receiver? When was the last time he consistently threw to an outside receiver? When was the last time he was consistently great? True throw value last season, Aaron Rodgers was the middle of the pack. And when you're spreading the ball around, that's not going to do it. Fair so, enough. no, I don't love those guys. Yeah, fair enough, guy. True throw value, uh, brotofantasy.com. True throw value, true target value, go check those out. The Lions, on Johnson came off on third down on every single one of the first offense drives in the second preseason game. Brutal. Things to come, or are you still giving hope that on Johnson plays as a three-down back? Brutal, man. Right? I think that because Darren Bevel, 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 Bevel. Little Bevel. Darren's the Bevel. Who's the OC, by the way? I think because Bevel's there, Carrion can still return value on his third-round ADP because... Uh, because Bevel's there, so he's going to get the groundwork. And the passing game work was always the cherry on top with Riddick on. You're going to love it. And it sucks that he might not get it. And you know what? You're going to have to draft him thinking that he might not. So when you're in the third round, you ask yourself, if I draft Johnson here, am I happy with him, even if he's not getting the passing game work? And that's when you decide. Knowing that you could have the upside, that he does get it, or you're like, you know what? I made this decision knowing that he might not. Yeah. And that's that. Sometimes you just got to be honest. I see him going into and the, I think the second round. I can round. draft Johnson in the third round, and I might be upset with it by the end of the year, but the upside is definitely there. I see him going in the second round sometimes, and I'm not there yet. No, not the second round. That's why I keep stressing third. Yeah. I think that's too high. The Saints, not really much to say with the Saints, man. They're just doing New Orleans Saints things. I haven't really noticed anything notable coming out of New Orleans. They look like they're uh, besides just the fact be that they extended things. Michael Thomas a few weeks ago, um, not much, yeah. The Falcons, the main ruckus there. I mean, we could just talk about the Saints real quick and say that don't draft Latavius Murray. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, preview <laughs> the heat wave as well. We go in-depth on Kamara and Murray, so look out for that. The Falcons, the main, uh, the main ruckus there is the backup running back position. Edo Smith was supposed to be the guy. Brian Hill and Quadri Allison. Both giving him a push. Now it might not be Edo Smith's job. The backup running back position there is big. Because if Devontae Freeman goes down, the next man up is going to be worth something. How are you sorting out this backfield? Are you drafting any of those guys as handcuffs? Are you? As of now, no. I'd, kinda, I'd rather just wait. We'll see if one of them separates themselves in the last couple preseason games. If so, maybe in the last round. If I own Devontae Freeman, probably in the last round, just to protect myself. But I'm not a big handcuff guy, and it just seems like a big mess right now in the backfield behind Devontae Freeman. Yeah, I think this Brian Hill hype has to go away because, I mean, sure, he could contribute at some point this season. But it's like people are hoping for a Freeman injury and, like, hoping for Hill to hop over a million people. Right now, Smith, Hill, Allison are all there, and you could draft one of them. But odds are it's just going to end up if Freeman gets hurt, people are going to run to the waiver wire, and someone's going to get lucky with who they pick up. And at the moment, 
I don't think Edo Smith is going to be the guy that replaces Freeman and does a good job. Like, he'll probably replace him right away, but he's not going to be fantasy-worthy. Yeah, true, I agree. So I'd rather keep an eye on Hill and Allison, but I'm not necessarily drafting them. The Panthers. This one is pretty obvious what's going on here. The big name, Curtis Samuel. I loved me some Curtis Samuel when he was a 12th-round pick a couple months ago. Me and Jason were in a dynasty uh, auction league. We got Curtis Samuel for $2. I pounded the table for that. I was like, Jay, let's spend 2 bucks on Curtis Samuel. Bam, we got him for 2 bucks. Now he's the new hot commodity, the new big thing. I've seen him go in the 7th round in drafts. If this keeps up, are you going to have any shares of Curtis Samuel at all? No, I'm not. And you know I'm not. I think this was a trick question. You just wanted me to tell the people my thoughts. True that. I think that him and DJ Moore are both being overdrafted. Uh, Cam Newton is not the best quarterback on earth. Throwing is not his strong suit. And sure, he could produce a couple of pretty good wide receivers. But when we know McCaffrey's going to see over 100 targets. We know Olsen's going to see a little bit. We know there's going to be targets to random players scattered about. And we don't even know if Moore or Samuel's going to be the legit number one. Like, odds are it's Moore. Moore's probably going to line up in the number one routes. But technically speaking, his go-to number one receiver, it could end up being Samuel. Samuel's better last year. At least more efficient. But I just don't trust in Cam Newton's arm, and I think both these guys are being drafted a little too early. Yeah, I agree with the being overdrafted. Everyone in that offense, really. I Actually, if you don't follow us on Twitter, I just put out a thread about Christian McCaffrey and how he should be the last of the big four running backs to be drafted, uh, barring Zeke coming back. Because when Cam Newton was healthy last season and the Panthers were rolling at 6-2, and two, Christian McCaffrey was the 14th overall running back in standard, 12th in half PPR, and 10th in full PPR. He was kind of letting you down if you took a high draft pick on him. Cam Newton got hurt after that. He was not the same. The whole offense became Christian McCaffrey, and he was the number one running back in standard half and full PPR by far. If Cam Newton's healthy, what Christian McCaffrey are we getting? First half, second half, a little bit of a mix. I don't want to take that chance when you can get Kamara, Zeke, or Barkley and get some crazy value from all three of those guys. McCaffrey is my fourth of that list. I know Jason agrees with me there. Yep. Yep, yep. The Bucks, The Buccaneers, the running backs, Peyton Barber has not looked good, but he's running mainly as the one. Ronald Jones has not looked good. What else is new? I told you guys not to draft him last year when he was a fifth-round pick. I said he's a league loser. There you go. That's exactly what happened. But Dare, Dare, I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name. Dare or Dare Agunbowali, the other running back on that squad, who has been by far the most effective, undrafted. Can he be this year's Philip Lindsay? No. Why not? Peyton Barber has been terrible. Ronald Jones has been terrible. Would it be the craziest thing ever for Agan Bowale to just step up and become the guy? You know what? I take it back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Who if it's in, going to happen in Tampa Bay? In, if it's going to be any backfield, Tampa Bay is kind of the backfield to be if you want to be an undrafted rookie. Look, you were talking about taking people with your last pick. Why not just, like, pass up on kicker until the Saturday before the first week? And just have Agamboale on your team. Because yeah. why not? Yeah, if you don't have to fill out your roster till the very end, it makes sense. The Rams, Todd Gurley. Nothing negative has come out about Todd Gurley in like a month. Only positive that he like ran faster than he ever has. 21 miles an hour or something. Yeah, and then you got Daryl Henderson. Who Daryl Henderson is kind of looking like 
He's a third-string guy. He's running a lot with the backups, more so than Malcolm Brown is. Malcolm Brown is running more with the ones and less with the backups. I still And Henderson's ADP, people think he's going to be a third-down back even if he does play. I just don't understand Henderson's ADP in the 7th, 8th round right now. I'm never going to understand that. Yeah, we, we definitely agree on that. Yeah. But that's basically it with the Rams. The Seahawks, Chris Carson stock. Someone we've been all over since the beginning, again, of the offseason. Chris Carson stock is on the rise. He's still not being drafted high enough. Now he's going in, like, the fourth round. Good. About time. Yeah, I mean, Pete Carroll said he wants him to get more involved in the passing game. Pete Carroll said he's a great runner. He is the number one back. He's getting the uh, the work in the preseason. I mean, it looks like it's Carson's backfield to lose, just as it was last season, in a run-first offense. If he does get more pass-catching work, too, Chris Carson could be a steal and a half in, like, the fifth round. But it looks like you might have to reach for him in the fourth now if you want to get him. I don't think that's a reach. I think he's a very good fourth-round pick. Interesting. DK Metcalf got surgery. If you want to go, I don't know, like, you take James Conner, and then you're able to grab Mike Evans and Adam Thielen, and then you grab Chris Carson. I think it's a really good team. Yeah. Or, I just said Mike Evans because that's a guy you could get around that second round. I'm not really a big Mike Evans guy, but, I like you know, Evans. you get my point. Yeah. Uh, DK Metcalf, someone I'm not drafting. He had surgery. He's supposed to be back for the regular season, but people are taking him in, like, the 10th, 11th round. It blows my mind. Don't take DK Metcalf. If anything, wait five rounds and take David Moore. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, you, I didn't even realize you wanted me to talk because— I just know you like David Moore. You, you're asking me about David Moore? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think Dave, I said David Moore's going to outscore all the Buffalo wide receivers. Lastly, the last team, the Arizona Cardinals, their second preseason game was a debacle. Half the world yelled, oh my gosh, the, the Cardinals are screwed. Kyler Murray can't play quarterback. The other half of the world yelled, why would they give away all their plays in the preseason? This isn't really the Cardinals offense. Um, me and you are against drafting Kyler Murray as a QB1, obviously, for obvious reasons. Is that how Cardinals fans talk? Yeah, I think so. But now, <laughs> I just, how are you, I, has anything changed for you with the Cardinals? I still don't, I'm still not viewing Kyler Murray as a QB1. Christian Kirk, still a solid eighth round pick if you, uh, for a wide receiver three, wide receiver four, flex play. Anything else change your outlook with the Cardinals? Not much has changed. Um, everything you just said, I still agree with. All right, that's the preseason. I'm backing off DJ a little bit. I've been backing off DJ. I'm just not a. I've been kind of swaying away from him throughout the whole off season. That's the preseason recap thus far, folks. Check out the heat waves. Uh, all available every single day. New ones popping off. All the new, all the ones that we have released already prior to today, August twenty first, I believe the day is, are available on our SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. Uh, they are accompanied by a video as well. Go to YouTube, Broto Fantasy, if you want to watch the video of us in the studio, recording the podcast. Uh, Patreon.com/slash Broto Fantasy. You have until August twenty fifth. Six or four days. Four days. I'm getting confused with the days. Four days. To sign up and get in a league with us or Broto community members, you also get a waiver wire pod during the season. 
you get a bunch of perks. So make sure to sign up for that. And we really appreciate the support from all of you. I'm Mike on the Scorpatrop. Tim is not here on his honeymoon. Shout out to him. He's Tim Patrop. If you're feeling frisky, go follow him. Jason. Jason Patrop. We are Brodo Fantasy, BrotoFantasy.com. Thrive Fantasy. Download the app. Type in code Brodo, B-R-O-T-O. Deposit $10. Get $10 for free. Red Cup News to watch our videos and listen to our pods. Anything else, Jay? Yeah, let me just stress what you said earlier. August 25th is the last day to get into our Patreon to play in our Brodo League this year. And you, you have a chance to play with us. We're gonna, There's going to be a league with us in it. You also have a chance to play with the community, and the community is on Discord, and we have great conversations, and it's going to be a lot of fun. The people who have played in leagues with us before joined our Patreon, even though they've played with us before because they had such a good time doing it, and they just keep telling people that they should join because it's a lot of fun when you're playing with a lot of people who are passionate and uh, have a lot of fun with it. It's a great time. Word up, Jay. Word up. Is that all? That's it, kid. Thanks for listening. Check out the heat wave. Enjoy the the rest of your week, folks. Later. <laughs> Later. <laughs>